Welcome to Inside Clemson Football with LeVon Kirkland. I'm Will Vandervoort. Coming up, college football is now in the offseason. That means Clemson is too. What's next for Dabo Sweeney's title? Me and LeVon will discuss, as well as break down where Clemson has holes to fill and what the Tigers must do to get back to the college football playoff in 2021 and contend for another national championship. But before we do all of that, the Super Bowl is right around the corner as the AFC and NFC playoffs continue to heat up this weekend with the divisional rounds. If you are looking to place a bet on any of the playoff games or any other sporting event, BetOnline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online Sports book experts. All right, Levon, welcome in, man. How are you, buddy? How's the how's the week going, man? Uh, you know, it's it's been a week. You know, I uh, me and Greg Lloyd went down to Kevin's memorial. Uh, it was a good time with us. We we called a lot of our teammates on the way there. Met Chad Brown, Marvin Lewis, and Don Capers were there. So you know, it's just kind of surreal, kind of reflective, and then. Yesterday, I hear about Timmy Lester's passing. So, yeah, that was kind of a tough week so far. So, just, um, I mean, you just never know. You know, you just have to really live life to its very fullest. And you have to really give people their flowers while they're living. So, we lost another teammate, which was, uh, which was really tough. How, how, you know, I'm going to ask you that real fast, you know, because um, you've lost a Clemson teammate too, Wayne Simmons. Uh, passed away, uh, I guess that would have been the early 2000s or late 90s? Uh, 2002. 2002. What's mm-hmm. that like for you when when someone you've played with and you've been in the trenches with and you shared those moments in the locker room, winning championships and things of that nature, and they're no longer with you? What's that feeling like for you, you know, as you, um, as you say goodbye to these guys? Well, it, it, it's tough, like, losing a family member. And I kind of put it like – I guess you were, if you were in the military and you lost someone that was close to you, you'll feel that way because you, you, you do so much together. You know, not only practice together, but you're in the dorm room together. You know each other's families. You kind of basically sleep and eat together. So when someone like that goes down or they die, it's pretty tough because you realize how much time you actually did spend with them and how close you were. So me and Wayne Simmons, we sat beside each other in the meetings all the time. So we were very close. We were only like a year apart. He was the guy that was backing me up in a lot of situations. He would have been on any other team. He would have been a star. But we also were really good, really unselfish as far as rotating. We both played a great deal. And when you lose someone like that so young, it's, it's heartbreaking. And you think about Kevin this, you know, last couple of weeks and Timmy Lester on yesterday. It's tough because you really do spend a great deal of time with them and you become very close. And it's about as close as you can get to losing a family member. Mm-hmm. 
Well, my condolences go out to you again, man, and your and your you know your Pittsburgh family and and everybody else. That's and and of course him and his family, Tim Lester's, and and also um, Kevin Green's, as you uh, laid laid him to rest yesterday. So, man, it's um it's tough, man. It's I guess we're kind of getting to that part of our life, aren't we? Where these these things are going to come more normal than not, I guess. Right. Um, so. You know, I always remember my grandfather, <laughs> he would sit out there in the, in the rocking chair and uh, he'd grab his mm-hmm. newspaper and I'd say, uh, I'd say, Papa, why, why are you always looking at the obituaries? And he says, to make sure I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm going to uh, have to steal that from your grandfather. Yeah, yeah, you go ahead, man. You can take that one. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so, it really is. So now I kind of understand what he means by that, you know, and so uh, that's, uh, you know, we're kind of getting there and, you know, I've lost a couple of my buddies along the way over the, the last few years more recently. And so it kind of hits you a little bit harder um, when you see people you've known and respect and stuff and they, uh, they, they go on to, to a better place. Right. Um, and that's, that's, yeah. what, that's what I always say. They go on to a better place. That helps me heal faster to know that. Yeah. Um, that's how you got to look at it. Yeah. So, well, anyway, man, um, they, we'll get going on the, the football season's over at Clemson. It's mm-hmm. also over for our Steelers. So we, right. we, we, I don't know if I used to like the state of Ohio, but I'm not liking it too much lately. Um, so, so uh, but, uh, uh, you know, as everybody knows who, who follows us and is on our podcast knows Clemson's uh, season came to an end uh, on January 1st. Did you know, by the way, I meant to bring this up to you last week, but I forgot. Did you know that the, I'm going to see if you know this answer. Who was okay. the last Clemson team? to win on new year's day the last clemson team to win on new year's day boy it's been a while since those guys played on new year's day i want to say it's ohio state no the last time you guys won on ohio state the last time a clemson team won on new year's day the last time wow on actually the day uh the day of new year's yes don't tell me it's the championship team way back that's not it, is it? Uh, no, but you should On know the Ohio this State. Uh, was it our team? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be the Hall of Fame game. Yep, January 1st, 1991. That was the last time Clemson won a game on New Year's Day. <laughs> well, they haven't played a lot of games on, on that day, so yeah, I struggled a little bit. The 0-6 mm-hmm. since then. Uh, so, <laughs> actually, that's a Timberay. Fact, uh, t- Tim mentioned it on the radio broadcast uh, during the game, and I was like, "Oh, I wrote it down." I said, "I got to ask Levon about this uh, next week," and then I forgot about it. And right, then it just popped in my head just now. So you know, I was going to forget about it. If you forgot about it, you know, I was going to forget about it. So. <laughs> yeah. Only Tim would know that information. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what Timmy B does, right? He's he's that guy. He can he can pop up stuff like that. I talked to him yesterday about. Um, the whole college football hall of fame, how all that stuff works and everything. And so he, mm-hmm. you know, he explained it to me and, um, and I guess we could talk a little bit about that. CJ Spiller, who's a good right. friend of mine and yours um, is in the hall of fame and congrats to CJ. If you're listening, CJ, um, that's, uh, you know, it's a great, great honor. It's got good to see him get that so no early. I was it. surprised. I don't know if you were right. not surprised that he's in there, but surprised he got it so early because usually, you don't get it this early, first or second try. A guy who goes goes up for it. Am I right? Yeah, it, it takes a while, you know, to get in there. And uh, it was really good to see him get that. I actually texted him. He texted me back. Uh, we were kind of teasing each other. He was talking about me being on um, the Ring of Honor. 
And I was like, yeah, but my number is not retired. Your number's retired, and you're not even on the ring of honor. How does that work? I need to ask somebody about that because I'm like, I could have went with the name being on the jersey, but it's just like it never happened. I'm on the ring of honor, but it really never happened. Maybe I blame it on COVID and they were just not thinking. So <laughs> there you go. So I teased CJ Spiller on actually having his jersey retire and not being in the ring of honor. Yeah, there's some reason why that is too. It's like um you gotta be so many years done playing football, NFL also, before mm-hmm. you qualify for that. And I think to step his first Hall of Fame, get into the school hall of fame, which he did last year, and then he right. gets into um, and then he's eligible at that point the next time, which I think this coming year nominations will come out again. Because you were right. in 18 or 19, right? 19? I don't even know. I think yours went in in 19 is when you went into the hall, went into the Ring of Honor. So so you, so you, that's two years. So every two years is a Ring of Honor. So this coming year, you know, we'll see. I, I, don't, I, I don't think CJ's been out of pro football long enough yet, I don't think. So it might be two years. I think now. you have to be like five years out. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be five years uh, done playing in the Ring of Honor. Correct, and right. so and so I think he'll be eligible not this time, but the next time he'll be eligible. And I'm sure he's going to get in. I mean, <laughs> we know that's going to happen, right? Right, um, right, we, right. And so that led me to the story of like what other you know because CJ is only the fourth Clemson player, which is surprising to get into the College Football Hall of Fame, joining Jeff Davis, Banks McFadden, and Terry Kennard as the other three. Of course, Frank Howard's in there, Danny Ford's in there. Um, Jess Neely's in there, and of course John Heisman are in there as coaches. No brainer, Dabo is going to get in that one day, right? I mean, that's no brainer. That's going to happen. Uh, I imagine Dabo, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. Yes, well, wait a minute, you have to be. Don't you have to be like a consensus All American? No, no. That's that's a, you got to be at least one on one of the five. You got to be first team All American on one of the five teams the NCAA recognizes, which is the Football Coaches Association, it's the Football Writers Association, it's the Associated Press, um, Sporting News, and I'm missing – oh, Walter Camp. So, okay, I'm doing Walter Camp, so maybe I have an opportunity one day. Okay, maybe so. And um, and so then if you do – then you, you've also graduated from Clemson, which this was one I didn't know. This is a Clemson rule. Tim tell, told me about it yesterday. So if you haven't graduated – because the schools nominate you, right? So the nominations mm-hmm. come from the school. So Clemson has put a rule that they're only going to nominate the players that graduated. Okay. So they look at that as a, you know, kind of a, a, makes you want to come back to school, get your degree, because that allows you to have that opportunity. And so um, incentive, if you will, to come back to school and get your degree. So yeah. with that said, there is one guy on that list of since the last 10 years who are two guys actually who might not make it to the hall of fame if if they don't come back to school and i believe on that list is i wrote i wrote it down here Let me look Watkins. say what who who are they sammy Watkins. Yeah, and, and um i think that's it right now because i think shaq lawson came back and got his degree but i'm not sure Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, not 100% sure on Shaq also, but Sammy definitely has not come back and got his degree. So he's got to get his degree or he's not going to be at Clemson's not going to nominate him. And then, um, but I think the other is Shaq Lawson as well. Oh, now, okay. now, now DeAndre Hopkins can't make it because he's never, he was never a first team All-American. So 
Well, they blew that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. And then you want to know another one they blew? Who? Brian Dawkins was never wow. a first-team All-American. So it's kind of funny. Well, you know Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, but he won't probably ever be a college Hall of Famer. So That's great. Guess who will not uh, – guess other f- great football players will never be college football Hall of Fame. That, that's amazing. Joe that Mont- says that your coach didn't do a good job of using you well in college. Joe Montana? Joe Montana, wow. Well, he's, he's not eligible. He never made first-team All-American. And, <laughs> and a guy named – Tom Brady was never a first-team All-American. Wow. But that's okay. They're going to be the NFL Hall of Fame. So. <laughs> yeah, they're all in the NFL. Nuke's yeah. definitely going to be in the NFL Hall of Fame. We already know B-Doc's yeah. there. Uh, so, um, now – I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I'm, You know, I was one of those players who had a really good college career and a really good pro career. Yeah. But I don't know if those numbers would add up to be in the Hall of Fame or either college or NFL. Well, if, I can, if, they would, if they would add tackle for loss, I might have a chance. You might have a chance. Yeah, but they don't add tackle hit, for loss. Or hitting the quarterback. Was, <laughs> me and Greg Lloyd was talking about that. Like, why are sacks so much more than tackle for loss? Because they're essentially kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's a negative play. It's a negative play. Yeah. A, a lot a, of times they don't really – people don't look at tackles for loss. I think that's a big deal. To me, I think pressure on the quarterback and hitting the quarterback is a big stat too because we all know if you pressure the quarterback, you affect them. So every yeah, time you hit them, that adds up, right? So, yeah. like, and you were like, I told many times on here, you were like known for just, you may not got the sack all the time, but boy, you let them know you were there. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> like I said, I was one of those guys who had a really good, both really good careers, college and pro. So, but that, it may not end up as, Hall of Famer, but I, I'm thinking maybe college Hall of Famer. I might have a chance. Yeah. Well, might the good news for Trevor Lawrence is he got that um, – he did get on the Football Writers Association first team, so now he's eligible to make the College Football Hall of Fame. So that was good for him. I was worried there for a second. I'm like, man, if he doesn't make a first team, that's well, going to I think what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of guys that have played in the last 10 years for Clemson have an opportunity to make the College Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I can see Travis um, Etienne getting in there. Yep. I can see Trevor. I can see Deshaun. Yep. Uh, there's some guys that I think have an opportunity to get in there. Yeah. No um, Mike Mike Williams is another guy that won't get in. Um, he got his degree, but he had never made first team All American, so he won't he won't get in. And that's crazy because that guy's unbelievable too. That guy was so good, man. <laughs> I know, man. So good. Uh, yeah, Mike Williams was a beast. I, I was going down the list, and it's like I'm amazed by the guys who won't get in. Than I am as, as the guys who will. Um, but one guy who could get in pretty soon here is an old teammate of yours, um, Donnell Wolford. Is um, he's been nominated. So uh, yeah. Tim Tim told me he thinks it's just a matter of time before Donnell gets in there because he was a two time first team All American. Um, he was a consensus All American his senior year. Uh, finished a runner up to uh, you know Deion Sanders for the mm-hmm. uh, Jim Thorpe Award. So um, you know he's got a chance. Well, I was I, <laughs> I was fifth in the Buckers Award. I was the first underclassman at that time that had an opportunity to be the Buckers Award winner. So, Man, I didn't, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, I think Isaiah was the first Clemson player to win it, right? He was the very first. Uh, I I I got close. Yeah. 
you, but, you know, I, I think also too back then it kind of depend on what school you went to because I think Stonebreaker or somebody like that got it. There's no way that guy was better player. Than <laughs> no. I'm sorry, no way. Well, y'all were at linebacker U at the time. That's when Clemson was. We're at linebacker U, and honestly, I think I got like 19 sacks. You got to think back. Back then, people weren't really passing the ball a lot, and. You know, my junior and senior year, we didn't play a whole lot. We only played, like, maybe uh, – you're talking about Trevor Lawrence them leaving the game early. But we rotated so much that you didn't really play, like, a lot of plays. So – Yeah, we I remember your senior year, you had, like, 55 tackles. That was it. Right, right. And, I mean, it's like – I mean, and then, I mean, some other years I had even more tackles than that. Mm-hmm. So – I don't know. I think I, I you know had some interceptions. I mean, I was decent. <laughs> yeah. Well, you played on the number one defense in the country, too. Right, defense, right, I still right. say it's the best defense Clemson ever had. That's the yeah. best defense Clemson's ever had. It, you guys ever had. had. Y'all did it everything. You not only stopped people, you not only kept them from scoring, but you also, like, scored yourself. <laughs> and you mm-hmm. would – and knock, knock the crap out of people. Um, I mean, I just – that was the best. People would stop their run. It was it was hard for teams to really just move down the field on us. It really was. Yeah, and remember, y'all played those um, Duke teams that threw the ball all over the place like they do now. I mean, I mean, you know, they were all pass happy and uh, teams like that. There was a couple teams in the ACC like that at the time. So it's not like you didn't play against teams. That I mean, threw we the played ball. some good teams too, though. We played Virginia was really a good team. It was number one at one point in time. We played mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, who won the national championship in nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. So NC State really, was undefeated when y'all NC beat them. NC State was a really good team. So we played some really – the ACC was not a bad conference in football back in those times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think the ACC gets a bad rap sometimes. Uh, now, this year they did play bad in bowl games. Right, yeah. Yeah, they had an offer, um, if you didn't know, oh, an over yes. six. But – that's not. I mean, that's that. That's that's one of those years. Like the SEC won a couple years ago. I think only had one or two wins in bowl games. Right. So I mean, that, I think that goes in cycles. I don't think it's. I don't think that says anything about the conference as a whole. Um, I thought it was a pretty good year for the ACC football. In the final rankings, Clemson finishes number three, Notre Dame finishes number five. Uh, so I mean, when's the last time the ACC had two teams in the top five of of the final polls? Man, that's been a long time. Never, probably. Probably never. I, I didn't go look yeah. it up, but you're probably right. Probably never. I don't think ever, yeah. So, I thought it was a good year for the ACC. I think it gets a bad rap. I've always said that, and it's like, yes, does Clemson dominate the conference? Yes. Is Clemson 52-3 and three the last six years in the ACC? Absolutely they are. But that doesn't mean everybody else is bad. It just means Clemson – and. The Clemson, for the most part, has done that to everybody else, too, they've played because they've only lost seven games overall in that yeah. same time span. So it ain't like anybody else is beating Clemson either. So it's not just the ACC. You know, I think Clemson is 79-7 and seven in that same time span overall. So it's not just the ACC. That's Clemson. A tremendous, that's yeah, a that's tremendous, tremendous. record. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're, it, I mean, you're basically beating everybody that they put in front of you. You play some SEC teams. You know, in the beginning of the year, you're beating those teams. So you're beating the top team in the SEC for the last few years, which is Alabama. Correct. So, yeah, I think just because you're dominating your conference doesn't mean that you're not a quality team. Mm -hmm. And this is a quality team. The rest of the ACC just has to catch up. Yeah, and that's nothing against 
Clemson at ACC, it's just a fact of the matter. By the way, Tim Bray stat here again. Um, Uh-oh. In, in national championship games, Dabo Sweeney is 2-1 and one against Alabama and Nick Saban, mm-hmm. and everybody else is 0-6. Oh yeah. <laughs> there you go. That means you're beating the best of the best. So I think Clemson has a lot to be proud of. And I really feel that they will continue this trend uh, for a while. I think as long as Dabo Sweeney is at the hems, they have an opportunity to be in the picture every single year. And that kind of leads us into what I want to talk about here today. And the main subject for us is the um, kind of like, what do you got to do to get better okay because first of all let's talk about before you we do that let's look at who they're going to lose right so they're going to it looks like you know obviously they've lost trevor lawrence they've lost travis Etienne, they've got they're they've lost uh amari rogers cornell powell um and they've lost uh, their left tackle jackson carmen so they've lost five starters on offense at this point um that might be it now we're going to find out here in the next couple days about Justin Ross, does he come back and, uh, you know, coming back from that injury, does he come back and play this year or does he go on to the NFL? You know, I think if you're Clemson, you hope he comes back because, boy, that's really going to make things pretty exciting, I think, for the fan base and getting ready for next year. And You know, you just imagine DJ throwing the ball to, to number eight there, you know, and, and seeing what he can do and think about Mike Williams when he came back for his – after he had spinal surgery, he came back and the way he played, you know, kind of like – it's kind of like, you know, deja vu, if you will, if he comes back. So I think sure. that's going to be a big decision. Uh, then on the defensive side, this is the crazy thing, man. And we'll know here, Nolan Turner has not announced yet. Um, but if Nolan, if Nolan Turner decides to return for another year and the NCAA is allowing him to come back for a six-year because of COVID, um, Clemson will return all 11 starters on defense. Well, yeah. That would be – that. I mean, that normally never, ever happens. Not even, I mean, especially in a regular year, but I imagine in COVID, it's really kind of rare that's going to happen that you get all 11 starters back on one side of the ball. So, yeah, I can see him coming back. And I think that would be great for Clemson because, honestly, they have some very young guys that will be better. They'll be more mature. They'll understand the game and the flow of the game. They'll understand what it is to play in the playoffs and how that that level of playoff play is a lot different than the regular season. So the good thing about having a veteran, but they'll still be pretty young, but a veteran team that's played a lot. And, you know, if they stay healthy, uh, that that should be a really dominant side of the ball for Clemson. I I agree with you. And so that kind of leads us to say, okay, what does Clemson have to do to get over the hump now and, and, and get back into position to win a national championship. And I say back in position, because let's be honest, the last two times they've been on the big stage, they haven't been competitive. They got right. blown out by LSU in the national championship game. And then they got blown out by Ohio state. So we just got to base off. That's a trend that's kind of showed itself a little bit. So what does Clemson got to do LaVon to not have that happen if they get in that position next year? Well, I, I think that it seems the trend of offense is going to that spread out, wide open, really not a pattern tree going on. It, they're just running routes out there, and, and the quarterbacks just sitting back there just throwing the ball 
to their best receiver or whoever the guy is open. So I, I think that your coverage has got to be a nice blend of man-to-man and also be able to play at a, an effective zone. You, you got to be able to play zone. You got to be able to help guys out. You can't let guys just get deep, beat, you know, just get beat deep anymore. So I, I think that if you're bringing in an experience on defense like Clemson, is that you got to be a little bit more multiple, and you got to be able to show the offense different looks. You, you can't be stuck on we're just going to blitz them to death, mm-hmm. or we're just going to do one thing because these offenses right now they seem to be really built for that. So you got to be able to do some different things on offense, create some havoc uh, on defense. And uh, if you can do that, you can mix your coverages up a little bit, be able to help guys. But you got to be able to, I think nowadays, you've got to be able to develop your defensive backs. And you got to have defensive backs that can come in, play the slot. And if you don't have enough DBs, you may be in trouble. So I think your defensive backfield has got to be stockpiled every single year because that's what most most offenses seem to be attacking now. They're mm-hmm. attacking those offense, um, those defensive players. So I think you really got to develop your your DBs. They got to be guys that come on on third down who can really cover very well, and you don't lose a beat with those guys. And then I think you know your linebackers also have got to be able to cover guys, at least the tight ends. Because mm-hmm. people tend to take advantage of those linebackers a lot of a lot of times. But you know what's kind of, I looked at the championship game and the thing is nobody ever bumps or get in the face of wide receivers or tight ends anymore. Yeah. So these guys are just I mean even the even the Ohio State when the guy ran kind of like a post, a tight end. Yeah. Before nobody touched him. Mm-hmm. So these, not only are those guys faster, athletic, nobody's even trying to jam those guys to get their timing off. And I think you've got to be able to play in, you got to be able to play up on those wide receivers and challenge them. Because if you don't and you let them get going, there's no way you're going to be able to cover those guys. It's, it's, so it's, I think that has to be a factor too. Nobody jams the tight end. You get, I think you have to, you have to get back to saying, "Hey, we're going to challenge you the whole time, the whole game." If the referees call pass interference, they call pass interference. But at some point in time, especially on third and long or whatever, you got to be able to challenge the guy, make those guys earn the right to catch the ball. It's funny you say that because when I was watching the championship game with my buddy, they uh, Smith, Devontae Smith, he goes across and he's free, comes off the line free, runs a – I don't know if it's a drag or more of a post is what it looked like to me, but he was in the slot and he didn't run a traditional post, but uh, it looked like a post anyway. And he just goes off the line. Nobody touches him. He runs free into secondary. Mac Jones hits him in stride and he goes in. and I think he scored on the play. And I'm like sitting there thinking, and I and I said to my buddy, I said, you know, this is Levon Kirkwood told me if that guy's him, he's going to knock the crap out of him as he's coming across the middle. He's like, why ain't anybody touching him coming off the line? It's like he's just running free. I used your exact reference because we've talked about this before as a point right. to say, why in the world is he running free 
that guy? I mean, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. He kills everybody. Why is that guy not getting touched? Now, yeah. with and, that, and I allows, get – And this allows the, the, defensive, the defensive line, the linebackers, to get to the quarterback and really put some pressure on them. Mm-hmm. You gotta be, you gotta be able to um, challenge those guys to beat you off the line of scrimmage. I, I think in Ohio, Ohio State game, and I don't like to be too judgmental, but I just didn't think it was a great game plan. Okay, we're gonna let them drive down to the red zone, and then we're gonna stop them there. <laughs> I just don't like that game plan. I just think that's you, you're allowing those guys to just drive the ball on you, and what says you're gonna stop them? In the red zone, the one time they got back to Matt, they sacked him, caused a fumble. I'm like, keep doing that because the pressure is getting to him. He can't scramble at all. But what he can do, if you let him, is sit back in the pocket and pick you apart. Mm-hmm. You can't let – you cannot let a quarterback do that to you. You got to be able to I – mean, you don't blitz him all the time, but you blitz him enough where he understands – that you guys are coming. They Ohio State did not do that at all. I don't think Ohio State was ready for Alabama. And a lot of people are like, yeah. would would Clemson have done better? I think Clemson would have done better against Alabama because I tell you what, as me and you both know, football is a game of matchups. Clemson mm-hmm. didn't match up well against Alabama, I mean against Ohio State and it showed. Now, I thought they would match up better, but for some reason they didn't. And I think, you know, there's a lot of factors that went into that. Um We've talked about it, so people can go back and listen to old podcasts to understand what I'm talking about. But I thought Clemson matches up better with Alabama. Like, they're built to beat Alabama. Like, you know, everything Clemson's done, you know, Dabo's done it to where he he, do, he does it to where we're probably going to play Alabama for the national championship, so we need to be able to beat Alabama, match up with them. And if you go right, back, yeah. you look like Ohio State was trying to do what Clemson did two years ago against them. When when you look at Alabama's offense, I mean, there's not too much difference in what they do now than what they did with Tua. So, um, and Tua to me is a better quarterback overall than Mac Jones. So, you know, but they have probably just a little bit better at wide receiver than they were two years ago. Not much because they got had a couple. Not much at all. But I like what Brent Venables did in that game because he did say, "Okay, we're going to let you drive the twenty to 20. But when you get into the 20s, we're going to blitz the crap out of you, and we're going to make sure you're going to have to work to get into that end zone. And that was a good game plan, and it worked because Clemson had forced him to the field goals and they ended up winning 44-16. to 16. I think Ohio State tried to do that, but they didn't match up with Alabama in the red zone like Clemson does. And yeah, and they, have, they, didn't have the, they didn't have the guys that Clemson had also. No. Uh, when you talk about the defensive line and especially – if you think about the corners that Clemson had back then, Terrell and uh, what's it? What's his name? I forget his name. Mullins. Trayvon Mullins. Mullins. Yeah. Trayvon Mullins. Those guys are good, man. Those guys are good. Those guys are in the NFL right now. First round guys. Starting, uh, starting for their teams, respective teams, and playing well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Clemson just had a really good defense. They might have marched out the field, but it was going to be hard for Alabama to just consistently in the end zone, they didn't. What I thought Ohio State did was, okay, you can take that game plan. It can sound good on the chalkboard and in practice, but in actuality, when they're running up and down the field on you, then you may need to change your strategy and say, you know what? This is not working. (laughs) We're going to have to do something else or they're going to blow up the scoreboard. And that's exactly what they did. 
I mean, at some point in time, you got to double their best guy. They never did that. They just let them run. They just let them roam free. I would have been all game. Long. I would have been fine with busted coverage or something like that. But just a man up that guy on, on. But he was matched up on. And, and first of all, let's credit uh, Steve Sarkeesian for the creativity to what he did with Smith to get him open and matchup problems. He matched him up against linebackers and safeties, and you knew he was going to win those battles every time. So give him – I mean, he, he would bring him in motion, have him continue in motion, and then run him out to the flats real fast and throw him the ball. He did a lot of creative things to, to get him the football. However, if you're Ohio State, why are you sticking there with that linebacker in the game? Take him out. Put a DB in. Play some dime. <laughs> Don't let that Every number six – yeah, every once in a while. And they never really try to get Alabama behind the sticks at all. You know, they were they were never in danger as far as being third and 15. And that's when a lot of times you can see, you know, that's a, a lot of times that's when you don't blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, I always believed in blitzing on first and second down. And third down, you just play coverage, especially if you get them third and 15. You know, they're going to throw it short. And it's going to be tough for them to get downfield. But anytime they're in third and five, third and four, that's easy. You don't have a lot of defenses that are going to stop that. Right. So, but I, going back to our, our original question, as far as the defense is concerned, I think you, you do have a experienced defense coming back. You can, you will hope from a schematic uh, viewpoint, you can do more. You can mix it up a little bit more. You can trust your guys a little bit more. So I think for Clemson, that's really it as far as the defense is concerned. You want to get make sure that those veteran guys are, you know, up to snuff. And they're playing, they're playing up to that senior type level or that veteran type level. And what I'm excited about is the defensive line and what they're going to be bringing back next year. They're going to be very good. As long as they stay, I think as long as they stay healthy, they're going to be a defense to contend with. They really are. They're going, to have I mean, a lot, they're going to have a lot of bodies, and they're going to be able to go, you know, come in and out. But this time, the drop off from a first teamer to a second teamer won't be as bad. Yeah, and 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 this year, even with all the injuries and stuff they went through, Clemson was still a very consistent defense for the. For the majority of the season, they had one. To my opinion, they had one bad game. Now, some people will look at the Notre Dame game up in South Bend, but I didn't think that was a bad game. You know, just some crazy things happened. As more than anything, but they shut Notre Dame out. Yeah. They shut them out for fifty-nine minutes. Kept no yeah. offensive touchdowns. So yeah, they got know, some big, uh, in that game. Any coach will tell you, man. Sometimes big plays that just kill you, mm-hmm. and that's what happened in the Notre Dame game. I, Another thing I would like to see with Clemson, too, I almost forgot this point. I would like to see them be a better, fundamentally great tackling team. I think that they got to come back, and tackling has got to be uh, something that they really put high on their list. It's got to be a priority. They got to be a better tackling team, especially from the safety point of view. Because if you get past the safety and the safeties can't tackle, then you're in trouble. And, and that's one of the things that you think about in Nolan. They're not great tacklers at safety. And I think as safety, you got to be a great tackler. Oh, absolutely. You're the last man. Yeah, because there's going to be a lot of things that may, you know, you know they, they're on scholarship too. So they're going to be, you know, sometimes 
they're going to get back there. And if your safeties can't make tackles, they're going to be some explosive plays. So I would like to see them fundamentally sound, very technical, understanding the reads, understanding, you know, great footwork. But also, this Clemson team has to come back determined to be a better tackling team. Do you think they weren't that good of a tackling team or had some issues? Don't say they weren't that good because they did have some games they were tackling well. Do you think the problems, though, with the tackling maybe was the fact that they were um, – and I hate to use excuses here, but COVID-19 because they couldn't practice like they normally could have, especially in the summer and in um, you know spring practice where they lost half their spring. And, and and it seemed like tackling was an issue all across the country if you looked at it. I mean, there was some bad tackling this year. And right. you wonder if COVID was a result of that because guys just didn't have the practice time and the training time that they've had in the past. I mean, I think maybe that could be the factor. You know, you, you're talking about the distance and all that stuff. You know, tackling is a is a touchy touchy up front, you know. That's that's kind you of gotta do it. That's got a proposition. So I mean, yeah, maybe so. But I, I think it's you know, tackling is something that you really have to emphasize. And I think nowadays there are ways you can tackle without the pads on. Mm-hmm. There's ways that you can really be honed in. I think tackling overall has kind of gone down as far as football is concerned. So, I mean, maybe COVID-19 has something to do with it. But I think going forward, if you're a defensive team, you got to get back to doing those basic things. And if you can't tackle as a team, you're going to be in trouble um, for the most part. And that's what really happened to Clemson against Ohio State. They just – they were not tackling very well at all. And it showed. And I don't care what you say. I don't care what kind of schemes are out there. You got to be able to tackle. You can't do that, then you're going to be in trouble. It may not be in trouble in the ACC sometime, but when you get to the playoff, when the game is amped up a little bit, if you can't tackle, you're going to be in trouble. Now, on the flip side um... – we look at Clemson, they, they lost – this number's going to – you're going to be like, what in the world are they going to do? They lost 71% of their offensive production to, to graduation this year. So that's, right. that's, that's a lot. Let's just be honest. I mean, that's, that's a lot. And it's like 60 – I don't know, like 65% of their touchdowns, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, you're, losing, you're losing a lot because, you know, look who you're losing. You're losing Trevor Lawrence. You're losing Travis Etienne. You're losing Amari Rogers. You're losing Cornell Powell. I mean, that's huge. Those four guys made a lot of yards and scored a lot of touchdowns this year. So you know you're 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 um you're losing a lot there. So you know Clemson's got to replace those guys. Now they got guys in place that can do it. Uh, obviously, we saw what um, DJ Uyangale can do. Um, I think he's got a chance to be really special. Um, you know, we you, you when you look at Clemson's, you know, we've talked about this. You look at Clemson's running back situation. Lin J. Dixon is coming back. He's a guy in the past that's proven he can be pretty productive. Um, you know, you've got some young guys down there like a Ches Malusi who's really coming on and showing some things. And then you got a five-star guy coming in and Will Shipley, who uh, they think is the future at running back. And uh, so he's going to get a shot and see what he can do. Um and then at wide receiver, you got, uh, you know, you don't know the Justin Ross. I think that's a big question. You get him back, that's a big shot in the arm for the offense. And then you got uh, EJ Williams, 
coming back freshman really came on at the end of the year. He finished like fifth on the team with 306 yards on 24 catches. Uh, really, I thought, you know, that look at that Notre Dame game. He really showed out four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown in that game. So, mm-hmm. um, and then you got um, uh, also at wide receiver, you're going to have, uh, you know, Joseph Nagata. You hope's healthy now. And you hope Frank Latson's healthy when spring gets going. So you should be okay there. That's some experience those three guys bring, but they've not been the guy yet. And that's right. the thing. You know, you don't have the guy unless Justin Ross comes back. Now you got the guy. And that'll help everybody else. If not, in my opinion, that tells me if he doesn't come back, then Tony Elliott is going to have to be creative this coming year because he cannot allow another year where teams just load the box up and dare you to beat them in the passing game. Clemson's shown that Trevor Lawrence did a great job showing it. I think DJ did a great job showing he can do it. But it also showed you can't win at the highest, highest level if you can't run the football with any kind of success. And so to me, they got to get creative on offense to be able to run the football more effectively. Um, I don't know how you do that um, yet. You know, there's, there's ways you got to do it. I think you, you've got to figure a way to get those tight ends more involved. You know, I think both those guys are too talented to, to not be getting the football more than they are. Um, And then on the offensive line, you know, they got some young guys coming in that can be really good. They, they recruited, they got they signed two five stars, and they got three four stars coming in that are going to be really good on this offensive line in the future. However, Levon, you and I both know offensive line is the hardest part to develop. Players takes the longest. You can't expect those guys to come just drop in and be superstars right away. That doesn't usually happen all the time with offensive linemen. For every Jackson Carmen and Mitch Hyatt, you know, there, there, there's a Matt Bockhorst where it takes a couple years. There's more Matt Bach horses than Mitch Hyatt's and those guys. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, you know, I, so it's going to take a while to develop. And to me, those are the two things Clemson's got to do on offense. They got to get more creative in their play calling um, to take pressure off the quarterback, and then they have to figure a way to get better on the offensive line. Because let's let's just call it like it is. When they played very good defensive fronts, they weren't very good up front. They just weren't. Well, yeah, I I think that, you know, I'm not here to say, you know, I I think Tony has done a good job. Clemson has done a good job Mm -hmm. as far as offensive production. So I'm not so much worried about the wide receivers or the running backs. I think we got it there. And I think the quarterback is going to be able to do some really good things. He's shown that in two games that he started. My concern has been the offensive line. And I'm not sure if those guys are really made for what they try to do sometimes. I, I would like to see them get a little nastier at the point of um, point of attack. I, I would like to see them be able to run the ball downhill, you know, double here, climb up on guys, and really be in some situations able to get those three and four yards, you know, as the season goes on. I, I think that we're – you know, we're more of a read option kind of team. And I wasn't quite sure we were really good on our office line if it was made for that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see our guys be able to, you know, line up and just – and I know this sounds very old school, but guess what? You need a running game in, in football. You 
you know, people may abandon the run, but it always shows up that, man, if we could have just got that third and one, would have been all right. We could just run the ball against somebody, would have been okay. You know, running the ball is is physically – it can physically kill a defense. If you can run the ball effectively, it, it physically just wears out the defense. It really all, does. All a sugar bowl. <laughs> exactly. But if you can't run the ball, guess what you become? No matter how good you are, you become one-dimensional. And team – it's easier to defend a team that's just one-dimensional. I don't care what players you got in the game. So, mm-hmm. I would, so my thing is I would love to see our offensive line – be better at the point of attack. I'm not saying, you know, I think, yeah, I think you're right too. I think Tony has to get a little bit more creative, but I feel like you got to be able to mash somebody in the mouth when you need to. I'm not saying that's your, that's your mode of operation all the time, but I think when you really need it, you got to be able to do it. And we were not able to do it at times last year, especially against a very good front. So we got to get better at the offensive line of being able to attack, uh, to really go at people at the point of attack. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, if, and, I, and I was the biggest defender, if you will. I took up for those guys a lot early in the year because defenses were loading the box and, and daring them. But I thought as the, Trevor Lawrence kept doing his thing and these receivers kept doing their thing, and, and they did, that eventually people would just back off and – you know, start playing more coverage and things of that nature. And they did, LaVon, and guess what? The running game still didn't do very well. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, then I started being like, okay, there's some there's some serious issues going on up front. And, um, you know, I'm with you. I think they were too complex at times. Um, and I think that's something they maybe just simplify things a little bit more and just go north-south. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, because – you look at guys like Bockhorst and them, they're physical, they're tough, they're nasty. You know, just let them go hey, get man. their man. Hey, man, double team that one, climb up on that linebacker. Yeah. Double, you know, double. Uh, we used to do it in Arizona all the time, man. You just double on guys in the line of scrimmage. You combo off those guys. And what you had last year was a guy named Travis Etienne that after a while he would have worn guys down. Mm-hmm. But we can never really get into a rhythm of doing that because those guys would be out, you know, after the third quarter or so. So I yeah. think you just got to be able to challenge the offensive line and say, when we get in trouble, uh, we need to run the ball. We need to run the ball. And they just couldn't do that against Ohio State. And then when Clemson is down, people just tee off. Every defense used it. They got defenses are fast now. You know, mm-hmm. they they can get to the perimeter. They can get to those um those wide passes. I gotta be. I think sometimes you gotta be able to spread them out and run it down their throat. And I would like to see us do a little bit more of that. So a lot of people had their way too early top twenty five polls come out. Clemson's number one in a couple of them, which surprised me. Um, do you think Clemson is a preseason number one team? I don't really think so. I I think that. They, they could potentially be number one as the season goes on. I can see that. But I, the way too early giving Clemson number one with a quarterback, although he played well in two games, n- not a proven quarterback, I, I think that, I think you're reaching a little bit mm-hmm. on putting them number one. I can see definitely see two, three. They're definitely in the top three, no question about it. 
But number one, I would kind of hold off. Yeah, I'm with you. I I, I don't see – to me, I said I thought Oklahoma would be number one um, because all the top teams lose their quarterbacks with the exception of Oklahoma and Georgia. So, um, I would say Oklahoma's number one in my opinion. Uh, they really played well down the stretch. I mean, I think they won their last eight games. I mean, they do- and dominated, and their quarterback got better. He was a freshman, and he just got better um, as the season went on. Uh, so, to me, because their defense is playing well, they're on a winning streak, and their quarterback played well, played within the system, wasn't making the same mistakes he was making in the first three games. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he grew up a lot. And I just, to me, I think they're the bet, they're the number one team, in my opinion. If I was ranking, they'll be number one. And I think I got Clemson, you know, probably sitting there at number two because DJ does have some experience. And I think that's going to help. And I think because Clemson is going to have everybody coming back um, on, the, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, you know, Clemson's recruited well. It's like we said the other day. There ain't nothing wrong with Clemson. Don't panic. You know, they they just got to fix a couple of things. But they got, you know, they had the number one recruiting class in 2020. They had the number four recruiting class in 2021. They're going to be fine. You know, there's a lot of players there. So uh, Clemson's definitely there. And then, of course, it's Alabama and Ohio State and then Georgia. Or That would be my top five right there, you know. Right. So, so Clemson's in the mix. I don't think they're number one right now. I'm with you on that. I just I, I want to see DJ play play how he plays against Georgia. Let's be honest. If he goes out there and balls against Georgia and Clemson beats Georgia to open up the season next year, then game on. Clemson's yeah. probably going to be the best team in the country. And, and like you said, you put it, you know, the Justin Ross come back, which I really feel like he should come back because he he would definitely get drafted, but it wouldn't be in the spot that he wants to go in. Mm-hmm. I think he comes back for another year. God bless, he's healthy. That guy's the number one pick. I mean, what he can do as far as taking the lid off a defense, the 50-50 ball kind of guy he is, he makes throwing the ball easier. You bring him back into the fold, and those guys don't get hurt. You got the Williams kid, which I really like a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Those guys are from the same hometown. You're you're going to be rolling. You're going to be rolling, and I think you're right about DJ. We'll see what you know. We'll see what he does that first game. That that can be an indicator, but you know how it is, man. You can you can have all the information, and you think you know what's going to happen, but you really just don't know what's going to happen. It's it's always a toss up. You know, something's going to occur that you don't want to you know don't want to happen. And this year, I thought Clemson got the injuries were a little bit more profound than they have been in the past. They've been very fortunate not to get a lot of guys hurt. This year was a little different. Mm-hmm. So you hope that everybody comes back healthy, they can remain healthy. If Clemson can remain healthy, I see them back in the playoffs. And I think once you get back to the playoffs and what your players have to understand that I don't care who predicts, I don't care what Herb Street says, I don't care what Corso says, I don't care what Vegas says, playoff time is a different type of mentality. And you have to come in ready to fist fight whoever you're playing against. Mm-hmm. And you looked at the Ohio State game, Ohio State came in there ready for a fight. And Clemson was just playing football. When you get to the playoffs, it's, it's cage match, loser lead town, 
take this money in the bank all roll up into one. And you got to be able to say they got to kill us to beat us. And if you don't come in that mentality, you're not going to be successful in the playoffs. So I, I think this team learns a big lesson that just because they're a bunch of five stars and everybody telling them how they're going to be Ohio State, you got to show up and you got to play in the present. If you don't do that, you don't have a shot in the playoffs. Perfect ending, man. That's great. Great stuff. Great stuff, man. We just uh, finished uh, our first postseason uh, or preseason, however you want to say it, <laughs> yeah, man. podcast, man. It was kind of, it's kind of weird. We're talking football. We got a long way to go to continue just to talk about football as Clemson goes through mat drills. They'll go through spring practice. They'll go through uh, summer workouts and then summer camp before we finally actually get to talk about football game again. So we got a long way to go, LeVon, but it's fun, man. Uh, it was great today, man. I appreciate you, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me and what's getting this uh, first one. I, I call it the first one, even though it's not the first one, but I call it the first one after the season because this is a different kind of podcast now for us. Yeah, yeah. Will, it's always a pleasure to speak football with you, especially Clemson football, which I think we have a handle on. Hopefully things will get back to a norm where the seasons are like they were in the past. And we can just really get in the flow of football. And I think we do that, man. It'll be a great season. I agree, buddy, man. All right, man. We're going to get out of here then. Thanks for everybody listening to our podcast. If uh, you like it, please go down there and and give a comment and and, and rate it for us. We appreciate it. Keep downloading and listening to us each week. We appreciate you um, as we continue to grow. We are, LeVon. We're growing. Um, I look at the analytics every week. So thank you to all those guys. LeVon, thank you. LeVon Kirkland and Will Vandervoort. We'll see you next week on Inside Clemson Football Conference.